You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, uh, the NFL owners uh, approved a couple of different things today. I had some yeah, meetings with the happening. NFLPA. You got things happening, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. So uh, the first thing is that the uh, owners approved a 90-man roster to start training camp this year. Okay. That's not a surprise. No, no. Uh, with cuts to 85 on August 17th, 80 on August 24th, and 53 by August 31st. It's a little odd. I'm not sure if I like that, hate that, whatever. I mean, it's just an odd situation. I mean, I'm sure it's really easy to cut those first five. You know, bye, yeah. you're gone. And, and frankly, I think that that's useful. Sometimes cutting is not the problem. Stopping, as Chuck <laughs> Nolan said, is the problem. <laughs> I, I like the early cuts because if I'm a position coach, I don't want these poor two dudes in my linebacker room that I know aren't making the team yeah. and I, I need to, you know – spend any time on you know so let's concentrate on the guys that got a shot but i'd probably want it even more so you know more than 10 being gone that quick maybe 20 being gone that quick yeah uh, i mean i get it uh you know you're still playing some games i i guess that that i haven't looked at the schedules yet but mm-hmm. i'm sure that lines up with the preseason, preseason game the yeah, preseason somehow, game right. so, so, came out, so after right. that first preseason game you cut five guys after yeah. that second uh you cut five more and then you get down to 53 after your third one. Yeah. So you don't have to play your guys uh, that you, you know, in that third preseason game or fourth one for the Steelers. You're not you're not going to want to be playing guys that are. That have no chance. That, you know, you, quite frankly, you can't afford to get hurt. Yeah. I guess there's two ways of looking at it. Is why am I playing this guy who I know I'm going to cut? But. I don't want to play the guys I know that aren't getting cut either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't you'll want play to some, and you know, you'll play guys, players forty through fifty-three, mm-hmm. who you think as or as they are right now, and sometimes, you know, and they'll sometimes be even higher up the ladder. You there'll know, be five guys that you want to look at for maybe that fifty-second or fifty-third spot, mm-hmm. and they can make the team based on what happens in that last preseason game. But overall, there's typically not a lot of turnover there. No, no, you're right. And they have a pretty good idea. Offensive lines are always interesting to yeah. me and how you handle that because you can't just put out a slappy for one thing because you then – You get your quarterbacks killed. You get your quarterback killed, <laughs> even if it's Haskins And you can't even operate. Or, you can't look at the guys you, you want to look plays, at. Right. Yeah. You can't – got to put a good enough line out there to evaluate the others on the field. But you don't want it to be too good that you're losing your starters. Well, here's the problem for and the Steelers. continuity's really hard, yeah. too, you know. Here's the problem for the Steelers this year is that so many of the offensive linemen that they want to look at or, or, or have are young guys. Oh, absolutely. And haven't played with the dude next to them. Right. So, do you, right. you know, if you're Mike Tomlin this year, do you play that line, you know, does Kevin Dotson get Dotson's more snaps? Dotson's a perfect example with, to me. Next right. to Kendrick Green, next to Chooks Akora for mm-hmm. a left tackle, those kind of things. It's going to be you really got to see that mix. stuff. Right. Without question. Um, maybe you don't play DeCastro much, but he's going to be the one that's – Telling everyone what to do. Right. That's <laughs> the other part of the equation. Yeah. They all look around at each other and blah, 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 you know, yeah. not sure what the heck's going on. So I think that'll be really interesting how they handle their O line groups. Plus, they may have some positions they're kind of fighting for and they drafted two guys. How long do they, how do they bring them along? And you also want to get good looks at 
your backup young quarterbacks, but they can't be behind garbage offense. Yeah, you line. can't be you can't be you know snap the ball and duck. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Or you can't have your you know you know you're not getting a good look at your running game or your schemes that you're trying to to work on. Mm-hmm. If your running backs are getting tackled at five yards in the backfield every time because nobody can block anybody. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking about Green specifically because I think he's the only rookie that has a chance to start. But if he plays five preseason games, seventeen. Well, they can't play regular, five. They got four or four. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. one more than everybody else. Seventeen regular season games and hopefully playoff games. Like he's never played twenty two games in his that's career. Ca- that's that's what happened. You know what that's I mean? what happened to T.J. Watt his rookie year. Yeah, he essentially played almost every snap of every preseason game. Right. Then in the regular season, he was he was getting a lot of snaps at linebacker. And also playing all the special teams, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, right. that adds up. Mm-hmm. As, you know, so yeah, you have to be cognizant of that. We heard Kim uh, Hayward in a previous segment talking about how teams need to be smart with guys with a 17-game schedule. Maybe you ha- maybe you do yeah. need to ease up a little bit. Oh, I think you do. I mean, you brought the point a couple times of you'd like to keep an extra running back. I mean, because that's such a brutal position and the turnovers rough anyway. You know, maybe a. You know, they love Harris, and he wants, he's going to get yeah. the high, highest percentage of touches, but maybe it's 5% less than we think, and that's smart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you have to be care- careful with that. Uh, according to Tom Pelissaro uh, of the NFL Network, the NFL and NFLPA have agreed to a salary cap ceiling for 2022 mm-hmm. of $208.2 million. You told me that off the air, and I originally thought, why would they even put a ceiling on anything? But it's a high ceiling. <laughs> it's a really yeah, high it, ceiling. It, for people who don't realize it, that's that's really good news, I think. Yeah, the cap this year is $182.5 million. Mm-hmm. It's never gone up So you're talking about a $26 million increase. In yeah. the, that's, that's a significant jump. It doesn't mean it's going to get there, but it sounds like they think it can. Well, we got the news yesterday that the league has given approval to 30 of 32 teams to play in full stadiums next year. And I would think... That all 32 are going to be full when the season starts, uh, because one of the, the two of the ones that are holdouts right now are Indianapolis and Denver. Denver, yeah. Well, I'm going to a concert in Indianapolis in July. Yeah, that's in that's it, at Lucas Oil Stadium, and Same it's going no to be a full stadium. Right, right. So, What's what are you waiting up? for here? I mean, maybe I'm not sure what the news is or what the hangup is. I'm sure it's something political that yeah. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but. I can't believe that those we only have two stadiums that don't have full capacity. Yeah, they'll, they'll all be full. They'll all be full. Right? So which is great news. That, I mean, just that makes you much closer to that two hundred eight point two million dollars salary mm-hmm. cap. The they reason they signed a monster TV deal, right? Yeah, you know, right. The reason they they cap that uh, at that number is that if the revenues come in higher than that, mm-hmm. they can use it to pay back some of the benefits to the players that that they had to suspend last year because of the pandemic. Nice. So, so, yeah, the players get the players their money like, back, yeah. They, that's a, a win-win for the players. You're going to spend more on our contracts when they come up, um, and we may even get some back pay, you know, that's, yeah. which is great. Some things back. Uh, which means the owners are pretty comfortable. So the, 200, <laughs> yeah. the $208.2 million salary cap, is that what it was, 208.2? I think that's what you said, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 208.2. So when we looked at this last week, when we looked at spot track, where the Steelers stood in terms of their salary cap, Spot Track at that time was estimating a hundred and ninety-two point five million dollar salary cap. <laughs> wow! 
it, they, they estimated it going up $10 million, which is typically what it does. Mm-hmm. Right. In this case, it would be going up $26 million. So an extra, you can add an extra $16 million onto, if they get to this, which they should, if, if that's what they put the cap at, right. they feel pretty They've good pretty, about getting at least close to that there, number. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, and some, unless something strange in the world comes up between now and then, maybe that's what... Maybe that's really what they're saying is it's going to be 208.2 right. unless some crazy because, thing happens between now and then. Again, that was negotiated between the NFL and NFLPA. The NFLPA mm-hmm. wants those benefits paid back. Yeah, right, right, right. So they set it at a, at a spot that's high enough that the cap was going to go up, but low enough that they can reach it and get those benefits back. Yeah, right, right, right. So we may have some surplus, of course. Right. And it's been so hard the last year or two. How do I negotiate... Patty Mahomes' contract, Dak Prescott's, and now we've got Mayfield and Lamar and Allen. I'm sure front offices have said, we need to know this number sooner than, you know, the, the offseason that we're going to encounter it. Give us some, you know, highway that we're going to, you know, give me a, a fairway that I can at least sit right. down in the middle of and have some clue. So it makes me think that it probably will get to 208, which is a massive jump. It's just wonderful for the, the whole business. It's great for the world that, you know, things are moving in the right direction and Fan the games are game day is gonna be a lot more fun and loud and there'll be actual home field advantages again and hopefully that's just one blip on the radar and there's not some crazy new strand of COVID that screws it all up or whatever but that would be amazing for the Steelers that means a, a that they would now have seventy seven million dollars in, in available cap, cap space. space next year which is crazy seventy seven million yeah. yeah they were already in great cap shape. Now you get even better. Now everybody I mean, everybody else, still gets a bump, yeah. too, right? So I mean, it's, everybody it's else in the same boat. Still, but, you know, we talked about this. What if they had $77 million to spend? The teams that were at the bottom of that next year, including the Browns, were minus $8.9 million. Mm-hmm. Well, now they well, don't they have, can do business now. They can do some business. They're right. probably still going to have to release players who are making more than— Although they'll have some tough decisions to yeah. make. But at least they can— their heads above water as it stands right now. The Packers were minus were forty million dollars over the hundred ninety two point five. So this gets them at least within shouting distance. The Cowboys were also way over mm-hmm. thirty four million over. The Giants at twenty five million over. Why don't the Giants twenty five million over the cap? Right. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the Rams are feeling a little bit better about that now. Now you maybe only have to cut one or two guys mm-hmm. to get down or get some cap. But when this started, room. I mean, the Steelers were in this boat. I mean, the Eagles and especially the Saints were. 80 million. Yeah. You know, when the last cap number came out, because all these teams thought it would go up 10 and it went back 20 or whatever. You right. Know? So, uh, no, this works out really well for the Steelers, for the league. Uh, I mean, I, I'm always in favor of teams being able to keep their players if they want. I wonder if it affects the Julio trades at all or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, I know Atlanta's in bad shape this year and he probably needs to go, but at least they won't be totally swimming a year from now. Right. Yeah. You yeah. can make some moves that, uh, Help you out long term. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe you do then extend guys. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe you were, there's some extensions coming. Yeah, maybe you were holding off till you saw what that was going to be. That's why we haven't seen a Lamar Jackson deal or, mm-hmm. or you know, uh, Allen or, or some of these other quarterbacks get signed because they weren't sure what the cap was going to be next year. Well, now they know that, okay, this is probably what it's going to be. Yeah. So now we can act accordingly. I wonder if there'll be some extensions too. And the agents are going, ooh. Oh, the agents are real <laughs> happy, right. It, it, it would have been nice if we knew this before this free agency period. Right. You know, you could give guys, you know, really you could build those contracts a year. Yeah. yeah. You know, that that would have been nice to know. But, hey, I mean, this is – I'm not looking at gift horse in the mouth, the mouth or whatever. But 
I mean, Atlanta's a bad example because I think they're in really bad shape. But some of these teams might be able to make another move this year that they hadn't planned on by because you can build that. Yeah, around. you can build that. You sign guys now to a two-year deal mm-hmm. because you know what the cap the cap's going to go way up next year. So we can, you know, we talked about the Steelers potentially. Uh, you know, they should look at Morgan Moses. Yeah, I've really thought about that a lot, and it's really warm. Now you can sign them and say, "Hey, Morgan, we're going to give you uh, two years, fourteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll give you a." You know, a, a, a minimum salary this year will give you seven million in signing bonus. Yeah. So you're going to get half of that this bomb. year, and then next year you're going to make a nice salary. Yeah. And if by chance he doesn't work out, that doesn't kill you to cut him. Yeah. And he has a nice chunk in his pocket. You get a right tackle for two years. And you let the other guys fight it out on the left side. I love it from a football perspective. I like it more and more now from a financial perspective, especially the way you laid it out. Eliminates. I'm not saying eliminates a need, but you just sign a starter. In yeah, a position takes you're it off. Not the, sure yeah, about, takes it right. off the table for you next year. Mm-hmm. Right, right, you right. Know, uh, that hey, Steelers got to sign an offensive tackle this year because, you know, is Dan is uh, Dan more ready to play next year? I don't know. He's a fourth round draft pick. Yeah, who's to say? I mean, just gives you a, a buffer. You know, I mean, it just let, you know if Banner or Chooks doesn't work out, you really need one of the two to work out. Um, you know, it moves Hague down the list a little bit too. Yeah, you'd hope Moore doesn't have to play at all, and you can totally redshirt him and co- coach him up. Yeah, I like that move a lot. And I, I was on, tra- on the train of adding a veteran outside linebacker, and I still would look at that in a corner. But this right tackle move, they're just hard to find. You know, if you could find yeah. a guy like that, that would make There'll be corners fun. cut loose at the mm-hmm. end of training camp that, you know, or even – after June first, that that uh, you look and go, hey, that guy could help us. Yeah, maybe he could play snaps for us. Offensive tackles a little different. Uh, you know, teams aren't necessarily. Yeah, teams aren't no. cutting loose. You know, starting offensive tackles. No. And, uh, we did, we talked about the article uh, Bill Barnwell wrote and had this, the Steelers signing uh, Akun. Uh, Russell Akun. He's played thirteen games in the last two He's years. Hard to count on, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying anything bad about the guy, but I, I understand that he negotiates his own contracts, too, and that he's not the easiest guy to deal with. I mean, some teams probably don't even want to go down that road. Um, we've seen some tackle movement lately, including Moses and Washington post-draft, you know, getting Leno, uh, Villanueva going to Baltimore. But they all had something weird going on in their situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fisher, you know, some of those moves. But they're done. They're not going to be a bunch of tackles all of a sudden available. There's one right now. I'd be on the market. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mike Clay wrote a piece on ESPN. I sent this to you uh, last night. Yeah. Uh, predicting the top NFL rookie leaders in 10 key stat categories. Top five in passing, rushing, receiving, sacks, and more. And more. And more. Yeah, Mike does good work. He's a, a Philly guy or from that neck of the woods, the wrong end of the state. You know, he, he does good work. Always like to read his stuff. Here's projections on the quarterbacks in this year's draft class. Okay. Trevor Lawrence, 4,269 passing yards, 23 touchdown passes. Okay. You I don't think that's crazy. Okay. I mean, I think he's starting week one. I'm not yeah. sure about the others. I've never done projections, and it's more of a math thing than a scouting type thing. I, I don't know how you do that for some of these guys. Like, when do you think Fields starts? Especially with the new uh, coaching staff in Jacksonville. You yeah, don't know how right, much they're right. going to throw the ball. You don't know, you know their tendencies – you would imagine you're you know doing this for 17 games for Lawrence, but the other guys, Mac Jones and I mean, uh, well, Zach Wilson's going to start. Zach Wilson's yeah. going to start, but the other three to me, how do you project you how many games they're going to play? Yeah, you don't know. What were Lawrence's numbers again? Uh, 4,269 yards and 23 passing touchdowns. You going over or under on over on the touchdowns? Really? Yeah, 23 is not that many. I mean, 17 games. I guess. Uh, yeah, you know. 
Uh, Zach Wilson, 3,993 yards, 20 touchdown passes. I don't think he'll be as successful as Lawrence. But I also think people are kind of sleeping on him a little bit. Like, uh, in these dynasty drafts I've been in, he falls really late. And he wasn't my favorite quarterback in the draft. But they're not a bad group around him all of a sudden. I mean, it was an abysmal offense last year. But it's going to be a lot better this year. I mean, it's probably bottom third. But it's not going to be horrendous. Uh, Justin Fields. 3,187 passing yards with 18 touchdown passes. Sounds like they think that's a 17-game like schedule. Or maybe that's how you do it for all of them is a 17-game schedule. Sounds like maybe they're thinking maybe he plays at least 15. Yeah. I tend to think that'll be the case, too. Yeah. I mean, the, Dalton should not be as tough to get past as Jimmy. Would not think so. Well, you wouldn't think so. Yeah. And especially the teams are in different places, too. I mean, Jimmy took that team to a Super Bowl two years ago. And Chicago's, I know they were a playoff team last year, but they're kind of rebuilding. Uh, Trey Lance, 2,464 yards and 16 touchdown passes. Okay. I mean, these ones are hard to comment on because how many games do you think he plays? And And Jimmy could get hurt in week two, too. The final one's Mac Jones, and this one actually is for 17 games. Oh, really? Yeah. It's 1,400 yards and seven passing touchdowns. (laughs) (laughs) That's about the Patriot passing game in a nutshell. Right, without any of the Cam. Cam played all those games last year. They had six touchdown passes as a team. As a team, right. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know how that one plays out either. I mean, they're so different. Uh, rushing yards. Yeah, this is here's when it's home. He's got Najee Harris for 987 rushing yards. I'm Boy, going over that. I'm going way over. I'm going yeah. way over. I'm at like 1,200. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Uh, Javante Williams at 789. They don't have their receiving yards. They're, That's just, added down later. Okie dokie. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Uh, 789 rushing yards for Javante Williams. You're going over or under that? Over. I'm not sure Gordon's going to be a Bronco on opening day. I, I could see him getting traded to Miami or something like that and just handing it to Williams. The fact they traded up very early second round for this guy makes me think he's the, he's the one to own in fantasy, and he, he's going to take that thing over. Number three on the list is Michael Carter with 623 rushing yards. I think you know his role at least. Yeah. I think he has a, a, a direct path to mm-hmm. starting. He's going to play. I, I like his chance of playing more snaps than ATN or Sermon. Yeah. Travis ATN, 616 rushing yards. Okay. I mean, I assume he's a little worried about the whole receiver yeah. stuff, but it's early. I wouldn't get too worried about that. But Robinson's not going away. The number five rookie rusher. Justin Fields with 463 rushing yards. It's a good one. <laughs> that's smart. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but that's smart. He's going to run a lot. Yeah. So if he has 463 rushing yards and almost 3,200 passing yards with 18 touchdowns, which is what the projections here are. Probably five or six rushing touchdowns as he's well. Like, he's like a top 10 fantasy quarterback. <laughs> right, right. I mean, he, those Jalen Hurts type numbers, and yeah. he's going to top 10. Uh. Quarterback rushing yards. He also has a, a stat for that. Mm. He has Fields one at 463. Okay. Trey Lance second at 437. That's, again, must be thinking he's playing a whole year. Uh, Trevor Lawrence third with 288. They run – him and Wilson run plenty. Lawrence is really good at it. Uh, Wilson he has with 264 rushing yards. Okay. And Mac Jones, 67. Ooh, I might even take the under on yeah. that. Even if he plays 17 games. Receiving yards. Okay. Jamar Chase with 1,003. No biggie if you don't know, but do you remember like where Jefferson was? I think he was like at 1,300. He was right, right around 1,300. Yeah, because yeah. he didn't play much the first two games. Yeah. Then he averaged almost 100 yards a game. 
So 1,003 receiving yards for Jamar Chase. I think I'm going under. It's I, tough. I, I, yeah. I mean, there's, you're sharing. There's three really yeah. good receivers there. That and I'm Joe sure Mixon. What's that? And you got Joe Mixon. And Mixon, right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not sure that he's. I'd rather have him than Boyd or Higgins, but I don't know that he's better than them from right day now. One. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, Devontae Smith with the Eagles, 964. Who do you think gets the most targets in Cincinnati this year? I think I'd go with Boyd. I'd still go with Boyd. I was I mean, going to say deep ones, but yeah. I bet he gets a, you know all the third downs. And 130, that type of yeah, 130 targets. Yeah, uh, Devontae Smith, 964. I think he may have more target. I think he's going to be targeted heavily. Yeah. Like I could see him being the Eagles' leading target guy. Jalen Waddle, 875. He better hit a couple long ones. Yeah, which is certainly possible. I don't know that he's going to hit 80 targets, though. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's he going to have? What's his ceiling? 50 catches? Yeah. And I really like him, but Gusecki, Parker, and especially Fuller aren't going away. Right. And Fuller's going to take some of his long touches, too. Um, yeah, I don't know that Waddles will be really productive. Kyle Pitts, 780. I'll take it. I'll, I'll go over. I'd go if over Julio's gone. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a foregone conclusion. I think he'll line up and be, you know, the – a starting wideout basically at some point. The fifth one is Rashad Bateman at six fifty seven. And I'm Ooh, going under that. I'm going under that. Yeah. They don't throw the ball enough. I bet they throw a little bit more. I mean if they were I don't know what they were last year, but say they were fifty five percent run, I bet it's down to fifty two or fifty three, yeah. but it's still gonna lead the league. Right. Running back receiving yards. I'm not sure Bateman wins the starting job. I mean I like right. the player a lot, yeah. but that's not even a, a, a slam dunk. Running back receiving yards. Hmm, interesting. Travis ATN, 463. Okay. I think I'd have Harris over ATN, though. Najee Harris, 379. Yeah, I think he'll be every bit of that. Michael Carter, 221. Yes. Maybe over on that. Over, I'd go over on that. And I don't love Carter, but I bet he plays a lot. Javante Williams, 186. I might go over on that. I might too. go over He's that. A good receiver. Yeah. I mean, Gordon's not bad, and Gordon's not bad in protection either. But if Gordon, for a chance, isn't there, he'll go way over it. The last one is Trey Sermon at 153. I'd go under that. I'd probably go under that, too. Um, it's not a big deal, but the, the running back, Wilson, got hurt in minicamp this week. I'd go with uh, what's it, the, the kid the Eagles drafted from Memphis. Uh, Gainwell. Gainwell. I really think he'll be there, Naheem Hines. Yeah. I bet he goes over 200 this year. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's going to be on the field. He'll be, he'll be a returner. He'll be active every game day. Yeah, I bet he's three, 400 maybe. Touchdowns from scrimmage. Okay. Najee Harris with eight. I'm going over on that, too. Yeah, I'd go over that. Yep. Jamar Chase with seven. I think that sounds about right. He excels in that neck of the woods, too. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Pitts with six. I'll go over. Travis ATM with five. I'll go under. Devontae Smith with five. I'll go under. Kind of strange Javante Williams doesn't make an appearance on there. Right, right. Running, I bet he falls in the end zone more than two or three times. Yeah, I mean, five is the is the basement there. number. Yeah. I mean, it might take a while, but even if Williams is the starter in Denver the last six, eight games, he'll score two or three touchdowns right. you know, yeah. in, in the second half of the year. Uh, interceptions. We don't need to get That's two. That's one, yeah. yeah. J.C. Horn with 2.1, Richie Grant with 1.8, Caleb Farley with 1.7, Patrick Sertame with 1.6, and Asante Samuel Jr. with 1.5. I mean, uh, much to add to yeah. that. You know, I mean, uh, the rookie corners last year had a tough go of it. I they will imagine. see lots of targets. They'll see lots of targets. 
Alan Farley will see the field. I mean, he's the one name that kind of stood out there. Is, is he going to be playing? I assume he will, but who knows? Uh, Sacks. This one's interesting. Not a great crop. No. Uh, Jalen Phillips with the Dolphins with five and a half. He would definitely be my highest pick. I'll take over on that. Okay. Quiddy pay with the Colts at five. I don't expect much. That's from like some more of than he had guys. in college. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't expect a lot from this crop. I'm going to go under. I think I'd go under across the board probably. Adofe, I don't oh, even yeah. know how to pronounce his. Yeah. Oh, wait, see that first name now. What's Jason? Yes. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. know if Adofe gets to, or gets to the quarterback any better than Jason did, but Jason did not <laughs> get to the quarterback <laughs> last year at Penn Jason's State. <laughs> and Mike Clay thinks he gets four and a half sacks this year. I'm going under. Yeah. I think he's a part-time player. Yeah. In year one. Peyton Turner with the, Sa- with the Saints, four and a half. Under. I mean, Davenport and Jordan are the starters. Yeah. Same thing with Joe Tryon in Tampa Bay. Right, he's a he's third guy. Four and a half, yeah. I'll go under. Okay. Huh. I'm trying to think how many Chase Young have last year. Or who were the leaders? He had seven and a half. Yeah. And he missed time. He's way better than all these guys. Right. Yeah. Um, tackles. Okay. Zaven Collins with the Cardinals at 128. I'm going under. 128 tackles is a lot. That's a lot. Although... I would have to look at this and see how some of these teams who, who are the big credit, tackle teams credit right, tackles right, right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's different. That's that's why tackles. It's a terrible well, stat. It's a horrible stat. Right, horrible stat because it's different for every team. And sometimes four guys get a credit for a tackle on one play, or you know, and which not always it's not always one on one situations. But yeah, I don't know the Collins, and I really liked him before the draft, and I still do. I don't know that he immediately steps in and. Tears the league tackling up. machine. Right, no. right, right. Yeah. I think he's going to have some adjustment. Uh, Micah Parson with the Cowboys, uh, 113. I'll go under with that, too. Um, I really like the prospect as well. But Van Der Esch and, and Smith are still there. They're still there, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that immediately, I'm not sure if this is how they said it or not, but I, I think one thing they really liked about Parsons is they might just rush him off the edge on third downs, too. So yeah. you don't get many tackles that way. Right, you know? no. I mean, he may not be an every-down, second-level player. Jamin Davis with Washington, 108. I think he plays a lot. Yeah. yeah. That one, I think, is pretty solid. Pete Werner with the Saints with 85. Is he going to be a starter, though? I don't know. I mean, DeMario Davis is never going to leave the field. Right. I like Werner. I think he is kind of a plug-and-play guy. Yeah, that's probably about right. How about this one? J.C. Horn with the Panthers with 70. Rookie, Rookie corners, corners get thrown at a lot. He's he's a willing tackler. He's phil- yeah. he's physical. And I wonder, he did it in college. It's a lot to ask from a rookie. But when they play Atlanta without Julio, is he following Ridley? You know, is he following Michael Thomas? Uh, I assume that's the plan with him in time. If so, he'll get at every bit of those tackles. Yeah, <laughs> you know absolutely. I mean? if yeah. If you're going after the number one receiver, it's going to be a, a long year, a busy year. I'm not a very long busy. Year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. But those are the rookies. Uh, lots of good stuff happening here around the league, and uh, it's not a great rookie class. It's I hate not. to say it. It just isn't. You know. It's, well, with the where the depth of that, it's not a big name rookie class. It's bad for fantasy. It's yeah. bad for sack guys. But there are lots of offensive linemen. You sure, know, sure. That kind of stuff that right. you know that make you better football team, but not necessarily mm-hmm. garner a lot of headlines. And five obvious quarterbacks. Who knows when they play? And yeah. that, I think this year will be remembered as. The Lawrence year, of course, but the the five quarterback year will be the the calling card. But really, only three running backs of note. You know, so yeah. some of the even the receivers 
I don't like quite as much as the last two years. You know, I mean, there's, yeah. there's a lot of small guys. Yeah. But uh, that's going to do it for this segment. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Brecht here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lolly. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.